0: Let Nothing Divide Us by Jello Jolteon. Chapter 5 Devotion. It always starts out as a normal mission, these types of things. They go in, they rattle some villains, have a good old fashioned brawl, everything seems to be going well. Then, Deku watches as a ravity gets flung backwards, hard. Into the concrete wall of the warehouse. And time grinds to a halt. Deku, somewhere in the back of his head, counts out four agonizing seconds of silence as the dust clears. Nobody moves. Then, after four more seconds of watching for motion from and finding her all too still, Deku bolts forward. He eats the distance between them, a good 70 feet, in under one more second, and he collapses to his knees at her side. He doesn't realize tears are blurring his vision until he's having trouble finding her breathing visually. He cradles her head, bracing her neck as he lays his ear against her chest, thumb idly caressing her cheek. Breath faded, He finally finds her heartbeat in her lungs. She's unconscious, but her pulse seems weak, and he knows she needs immediate attention. He has all but forgotten about the villains behind him as he presses his forehead to hers, tears spilling freely down his cheeks. The villain who flung her against the wall, some hooligan with a momentum redistribution quirk, rushes forward. Hey, punk. Eyes on me. Deku turns, his normally soft green eyes an icy void, and a black lance shoots out of his shoulder. The villain attempts to pinch his nose to activate his quirk and steal the whip's momentum, but something without mass has no momentum. It circles him twice at the midsection and rockets past to do the same to his accomplice, who is dragged forward. Deku's eyes remain icy, and black whip cinches tighter, tighter still. Momento Man's expression shifts from shock to genuine fear as the dark energy threatens to crush his ribs and keep going. Gravity stirs slightly against Deku's glove, and his eyes cease glowing with fury. He remembers himself and loosens Black Whip enough to simply restrain, even as he turns his full attention to the girl in his arms. The silence attracts the attention of the police backup they received and a lone officer with his gun drawn stands in the doorway. Are we in the clear here, Deku? Deku looks absently towards the warehouse door as he stands, and yanks black whip tighter to force his shackled prisoners to their justice, one of them wheezing as the string of energy digs into some broken ribs. Wordlessly, Deku nods, forcing the black whip chain into the harsh sunlight thrown in from the doorway where the officer stands. He follows after, squinting as the light assaults his eyes. His person, likewise, is assaulted by a small cluster of people. Officers, detective, paramedics. She needs medical attention, he croaks. Potential spinal injury. Turning back to look at the faintly visible spider webs in the concrete wall. The two paramedics peel off to grab the appropriate equipment from their ambulance, and Deku jogs them inside. way to the hospital, all Izuku can think about is how far away her parents are, and how impossible it is for them to travel to be with their daughter in this crisis. She'll be alone, and they'll be worried sick. He may take off the costume, but he is still not off-duty, he decides. He owes her at least that much for failing her, and then a good sum extra for all the years of having his back that came prior. Ochako gets placed under the care of the medics in the SRU, the Special Recovery Unit, where professionals with healing quirks tend to special cases. Cases such as those who have been slammed into a wall with the power of a runaway train, and have had several vertebrae fractured, among other things. She'll make a full recovery, but it will take a good week of rest and observation, and months more of tests and taking it easy. On day three, Ochako finally awakens in the wee hours. Her memories are fuzzy, but she's no stranger to hospital rooms. Even if, to be fair, she generally isn't the one laying on the bed. She runs through her mind to locate the most recent memory she can summon. There was the cute cat she saw on the way to the grocery store. A little further, she woke up the next morning and went to Ryukyu's office, having received orders for a joint mission with Deku that afternoon. At the warehouse, the warehouse, Deku. She can feel her heart thud ruefully as she realizes she left him vulnerable. She doesn't know what happened to her, but clearly she was overpowered. Was he okay? She looks frantically around the room, in the back of her head chiding herself for thinking she'd find answers in a hospital room in the dead of night, but against all odds, she sees a familiar mop of dark hair slouched in one of the chairs against the windowsill. Her heart flips over again. She's no stranger to hospital visiting rules, either. Mostly because of him, actually. And there had to have been more than one somebody on staff that recognized him and was lenient enough to bend rules. How many autographs did it take? How much sweet-talking? The lights come up slowly to half-power as a nurse prepares to enter her room, probably having noticed the changes in her vitals. Izuku doesn't stir, but now she can make out his expression. His face looks deceptively soft, but she knows him well enough to spot the dark bags under his eyes that indicate he hasn't slept well, if at all, in the last few days. This slumber is probably much the same. She can speak from experience that those chairs are not comfortable. How are you feeling, Ravdi? You took quite a hit on that mission you were on, but you've been healing quite well so far. The nurse begins, startling her gaze away from the corner of the room. He barrels on, which she considers a blessing given her scratchy throat. We've been monitoring your condition for three days now, though from what my quirk tells me, this is the first time you're lucid. I'll be back in a few minutes to bring you some water and take some more tests, but don't worry too much about staying awake. We'd rather you keep resting, and will be sure to relay anything important to your, uh, Mr. Midoriya during a more timely hour. He flashes her a warm smile and ducks out of the room, the shaft of light from the brightly lit hallway snuffed as the heavy door clicks softly behind him. She turns her attention back to Deku, who remains asleep in the chair, undisturbed by the intrusion. Something about the nurse's pause and his referral to Deku tickles at the back of her mind, but then she realizes that he did say she'd been here three days now. Deku, the way she always remembered him, was a very light sleeper. For him to sleep through the nurse's visit, well, it makes her heart hurt. It's clear to her that he's practically been keeping round-the-clock watch over her. His hair looks particularly unkept and probably a bit greasy, she realizes, and she doesn't think she could possibly love him any more than she does. The nurse returns, as promised, and prods her a bit, softly narrating what he's doing for her benefit, and the lights dim again after his departure. Only then do her eyelids grow heavy. When she awakens again, light is seeping in through her window. Her eyes immediately go to the corner to find it empty. Completely empty, that is, devoid of even the chair, much less the person occupying it. But before she can panic, she realizes that the fingers of her right hand are being held. And she looks the opposite way to find his head down on the side of her bed next to her hip, tactically placed in a spot where the rails don't block the side of the bed. One hand supports his forehead, the other curls past the wires and tubes to lock with hers. It occurs to her that the thing that's happening here is devotion, and that in ways it's always been present. Deku, both as a person and a hero, is just naturally like that. But even if it's guilt that's got him here, She's positive it plays a part. He's very much here because he wants to be here, more than he wants to be on the streets working off the stress by stopping something else. Devotion, she thinks again, as she looks at his fingers curled around hers. Carefully, she pulls her fingers out of his and he shifts slightly. She weaves her hand into his hair instead, and he finishes adjusting. All she can see beneath his hair- and, yeah. He definitely needs to wash it. Is a smattering of freckles on his cheek. She massages his scalp, and he sighs softly. They were never anything else, really. It's always been this way. They should change that, she thinks, whenever they're both awake. Life's too short for them to spend the rest of theirs dancing around feelings they always have had for each other because of some bunk about other dreams coming first. Why not chase both? Ochako goes back to sleep Her hand still in Izuku's hair